inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning. How are you, Brian? You're Hello. Ba- you're back. Yes, I'm back. <laughs> How was, if anyone was listening last week, Carrie did the show independently. I did. My first I, time, yeah. Yeah. How did that feel? Did you listen at all? I listened. I got back in the car. Oh, uh, yeah. I got you heard picked part up. of that in the so car. So I heard, <laughs> yeah, the last 10 minutes or so, 10 or 15 minutes. Right. It's still not up on our... SoundCloud, but I will get it up there along with today's episode. And I can tweet it out. Yeah. And so I'm we're, out, we're Outlook, uh, and on Twitter it's at Outlook CFB. So, but um, yeah, I um, I, I might maybe I sounded a little nervous, and I had uh, I had company in here, but I didn't ask her as much as I could have to. It's tough engage to engage her, but it's tough to do it all by yourself. Even for my music show on Fridays, I I talk for three or four minutes at most, and then I play more songs. Yeah. So it's tough to pull off solo so great job on that and i'm gonna try and make it for the next few weeks i've been going to this workshop called transition support to employment which goes along with leads which i've mentioned on the show before in the past that supposed to help people who have trouble finding jobs and people with disabilities to find jobs so this is just another workshop involved through them that i've been attending the best i can but i also don't want to give up my opportunities so i've Made it there t- this morning, actually, for the first half, and then came back over here. So. Ducked out. Yeah. Well, it is um, a Monday morning. It's a really cold Monday morning, everyone who's out there, out and about. Today is known as B- Blue Monday, I think. Yep. Uh, I never really remembered that term, but I heard of people talking about it today. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, so it's... Um, I guess I'd heard the term. I just never thought about it. I didn't know when it was, and I don't remember yeah. it. It's just considered... Seriously. Uh, obviously, Mondays is a thing anyway, but it's a, a lot of people find this month long and de- depressing and cold, and some of them are still um, paying off their credit Debt. cards from Christmas yeah. and, and getting back into things. And it, there's a lot of there's some like depression and seasonal affective disorder and all that. So Blue Monday is just one of those days they've coined. Um, obviously, in the states, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Right. So they have that off. So and obviously over and over the week, weekend, if you were um, watching the news, there were uh, women's marches across the the U.S. is where it obviously started after uh, Trump got elected. But then um, it's everywhere it was in Toronto. There was even one in Woodstock, the town I was in. Oh, really? I kind of want to, you know, say hey to anyone who showed up for that. I don't even sure how many people they got to that, but you know, I think it's important. Whatever issue, whatever um, equality issue you're you're fighting. Um, obviously, on this show, we talk about disability, but... Um, but it's also... Yeah, it's about any... Well, yeah, it's focused on disability, mm-hmm. but any sort of inequality or... Yeah, you know, women with disabilities is a, is a group that... Yeah, and that's the thing that you brought up about yourself. Is very underrepresented. Yeah. Violence in that sort of community, luckily, I've never really experienced that, but, you know, it's um, it's good. I've seen a few... I saw a few videos of women with disabilities who spoke and spoke really well. So it's funny that they do that in January. It just that's how it happened, but it's like so cold. <laughs> but people still come out. So, anyways, so we have a couple, yeah, couple, have a couple things topics to, to, to cover today. It's still 
still Braille Literacy Month. Right. So Braille can always come into things. I've got my Braille display right here. Yeah, which we're using Braille. I was using to cue up the music there, and I've yeah. got an article up here that we're going to get into at some point. Um, so yeah, Braille is an everyday thing in our lives and very important to us, as we've mentioned previously. And there's one more week. Um, I can't believe there's still more than a week left yeah. in January. So there'll be next Monday. We'll sort of wrap yeah, up Yeah, maybe month, we can but. get a bit more in detail specific to Braille because today we're going to kind of branch out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, what uh, what topic did you did you want to start with? Well, first I just wanted to mention that um, speaking of um, a bit of, it wasn't quite violence, but it was obviously close enough. Uh, I don't know if you read that, Bri. Um, for the Canadian Federation of the Blind, there's a an email list where we keep in contact with each other and share news and stuff, and we get a lot of topics from that. And this is not one I hoped to have to bring up or to bring up at all, but I just thought I'd mention because it's it can be a thing. A- anybody can experience um, being mugged, obviously. But um, there was one guy that uh, in Toronto, I think he lives, and yeah. he, he had an experience recently that he wanted to share where he was in an elevator in his apartment building and someone, a, a guy reached out and just started feeling for his pocket, his inside pocket of his jacket and uh, I guess there was a bit of a struggle. He tried to keep his stuff close to his body but the guy ripped ripped it and um, opened the door and ran off with a phone and wallet I believe. You read that? Yes I did. I did read that whole, the yeah, whole thing and Fred. it's it's very, very upsetting and I you know, it's like what Carrie mentioned previously with the violence. I've never really. I mean, I yeah. guess growing up, we've had we've been we were robbed a couple of times, but like <laughs> our at house a, was at our house. Where we so lived yeah, with our I mean, there was an incident with our guide dogs where we were in your room, and I heard, uh, I heard, what did we hear? Someone, I, no, did we hear sounds. So I let my guide dog out. Yeah, and then the, then the person dog. left just with our old VCR. The guy, thing. we heard a voice say, hey, buddy. Yeah. And Crush just ran out and just like, hello, what are you doing here? Um, and we just stayed in the room because we didn't really want to <laughs> confront whoever it was. And yeah, then we, as soon as we sort of th- thought the sound, the, the um, coast might be clear, we walked out and found the floor was sort of damp. He had walked in with his shoes, obviously in the snow or whatever. And all he did, yeah, he took off with our old VCR. This was several years ago. Yeah, but it's never happened to me. No, never. In public, where I've just been walking or in or my building or anything. Building. And you don't use your elevator. You're, you don't have to. Just, right. So. This happened in an elevator. And so um, he went right to his neighbor's house, this, this guy, and um, they canceled, and he canceled his phone and all that. But the guy never made a sound, so he couldn't be identified yeah, I wondered, by voice. I didn't know if there was any sort of, if if um, if the guy that we're speaking of who was who was mugged there, if he spoke up at all or said anything to this person. Yeah, I'm not sure if he spoke or up if he either. was dead quiet too. Because, you know, maybe you, it's, you never know what you do in the situation like no. that because it's, you know, you're in the moment. You're not, you can't really plan it, obviously. It's happening. It's scary. And so, yeah, who knows the specifics, but he did give a very detailed yes. sort of info and he contacted the police and this guy was tracked down, right? Yeah, so he, the guy went right to a convenience store and tried to use the stuff because I'm sure he figured it could be canceled any moment. But the police did track him down. Um, all he could, the only description that could be given from a, a blind man was that this guy was slightly taller, and I guess he knew it was a male. You could tell by the statu- stature or whatever. But uh, so they found the guy at the convenience store, and he was in the apartment building visiting his mother. So. Yeah, he didn't actually live in he that apartment. He didn't live in that apartment, but there were cameras. Yeah, so. that's the thing, right? People g- got to remember, and that you know, there's a lot of people that complain, oh, we're being watched too much, yeah, or we we're all being video. But each other. I mean, 
if you got nothing to hide, why do you care? And these, it's important to have cameras out there because mm-hmm. situations like this, a blind person, you know, you can't really describe ex- what someone looks like. So mm-hmm. it's it's it, at least it's a terrible situation, but at least they caught this guy and. I don't know if you read some replies recently, but one guy was giving everybody tips on how you can fight back, and it got the guy was very no. Very I did specific. I did read that this morning. It was pretty pretty detailed. I don't know. It's like jam your feet. I don't know. It's it was all like you know. If you luckily there was no violence, and most times there are jerks out there that you know need a quick buck or need whatever, but they don't. They they wouldn't probably resort to violence, and you hope that it. You know, like the whole issue with gun rights, obviously, is like, I don't want to have a gun and accidentally become the one who shoots, whether it's into self-defense or not, I guess. Maybe in a situation, like you said, you don't know how you'd react, and maybe I would want something to fight back or feel like I'm protecting myself with more than just my my own wits and everything. But, um, yeah, it's hard to but know But it did it did sort of bring up the point, which was kind of mentioned in a couple of the replies to this this unfortunate situation about sort of really being aware of your surround not that this prevents these things no. um, but being aware of your surroundings where you are who you're who you're around maybe when you're in an in an elevator it's you know it's tough but maybe say say something to the person like talk to the person that's there so you're not just kind of standing there awkwardly yeah. I know it's awkward for anyone to kind of in an elevator when you're in there with a stranger but yeah say hi and then you'll know what their voice is. yeah at least like. you get a if bit they, of an idea I mean they may not speak yeah <laughs> they don't have to answer you they could just go right for your stuff but but yeah, that's just, you know, yeah, quite quite a situation that happened to one of the members of the Canadian Federation of the Blind, who we we ap- appreciate him sharing, well, we don't, you know, we appreciate him sharing these experiences because mm-hmm. it's, the whole thing about the Canadian Federation of the Blind is that we're all comprised of all blind people who work together to look out for each other and, you know, keep up on what's going on in everyone's lives and try and, you know, support everyone who's involved so it's good, great that he shared shared this this awful experience so we can sort of learn from it and you know support him in this, this exactly kind of so yep, just always be vigilant I guess but so yeah after sh- I thought I would share that but um I mean going back to sort of how society sees blind people I did it's been shared in that well I don't know if in the CFB is where we found the article but I've seen it in several groups um, people wanting to share this and cited and blind alike some people were kind of like wow really I can't Um, but if you I don't know if you want to I sent the article to Brian yeah so I've got this article here it was put out by the Perkins what is it school for the that's the school for the blind in Massachusetts yeah um, so yeah, they did a study at this Perkins School, and studies are always kind of mm-hmm. iffy for me because you never know and who again, they're surveying. Again, and this is Ameri- the U.S., it, not yeah, Canada. Yeah, so it's not as relevant to Canada, but it still it still is because whether you want to face it or not, we're we right by the U.S. and we're you know <laughs> we're pretty similar in a lot of ways. Not always though. We are, there is a difference, but anyhow, the study. Um, that they that Perkins School did states that more than half of all Americans are not comfortable around a person who is blind. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna. So I guess this is their first ever study, which for that, which I find kind yeah, of. Yeah, it says first ever Perkins School <laughs> for the Blind study shows how the sighted population's misperceptions lead to widespread exclusion. Hmm. Um. 
So yeah, I don't know. I guess it's not a very long article. I could quick read it, and we can stop yeah. and comment. Yep. I have a few things I'm going to comment on on the, on the list of once you get to it. Yeah, so this kind of demonstrates again with our Braille Literacy Month that I'm reading this off yeah. of my Braille display. If I didn't read Braille, I'd have to have a headphone in my other ear listening to a voice reading the, the words and then repeat. I'd have to repeat it. So this is much, much more convenient. But there is a complex infographic which shows <laughs> statistics. I they, love they, websites. Yeah, they describe what this... There's so much on them. What this, uh, it starts at is. attitudes, basically. It shows statistics on how people who are sighted feel discomfort, pity, and fear that stigmatizes blindness. So that's an image that, of the statistics that shows there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so attitudes about people who are blind are revealed in a new study that forms the impetus... Am I saying that right? Yeah, impetus. Not a word I see often. No. The impetus for the Blind New World Social Change Campaign. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm reading weird things here. Yeah, sorry, God, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just skim ahead here. Like Carrie said, websites can be... There's always ads and... Yep. So, American Blind Spot... What? Sorry about this. I, I can... <laughs> Perkins School for the Blind today released... It's... Uh, first ever study. Yeah, so reveals that despite being such a large population in the U.S., an estimated 7 million Americans who are blind, people who are blind are largely excluded from society, leading to massive barriers to finding meaningful employment and living independently. Researchers found that although the public champions the blind population in theory, many people doubt the capabilities of people who are blind. That doubt fosters stereotyping, that perpetuates perpetuates <laughs> marginalization. For example, only 28% think a person who is blind could do the respondent's job. Meaning, like, the, per- the person they, they ask, they don't think a blind person could do what they do at work. So and th- part of that is just that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice to think, well, uh, that's a group that would never... You know, I would never be at risk of losing my this position to a blind person. They couldn't do what I'm doing. There's no way they could do that. It's just sort of a, I don't know, it makes and, you feel better or something, or you just don't believe. And I think a lot of this stuff is, you know, it's it's not it's not cut and dry, and there's always different mm-hmm. situations. And I think people often don't realize it, and they don't even a lot no. of times people don't even mean to feel that way. It's more no. of a it's it's like a lot of things in society where they become so ingrained in society that you can't really get away from it and you might if if you're questioned about it you might be like oh i've never th- i don't think that way but sometimes you probably do or you know not everyone i don't think that way or i've never thought that yeah, before it's, it's just it is the way it is because there aren't enough blind people out there in the workforce and there aren't enough around so you know it's it's hard not to just sort of follow with society in a lot of cases so but i like that up here before you there it says america's blind spot What's preventing us from including those who are blind in our sighted world? I just, of course, there's always these blind, you know, love is blind, blind spot. Yeah, you know, it's like there is a bit of a blind spot in society. And like words. it says, in theory, you know, if you ask most people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, no, blind people can, you know, I've seen a blind person out and about and I'm sure they can. That's in theory, though. It doesn't yeah. maybe translate to the real world. But it's just because they don't know or aren't, aren't exposed to it. So, so yeah, they say that's a perception that contributes to only 40% of people who are blind being employed. 
according to disability st- statistics from 2014. So those percentages are always sort of yeah, iffy. Keep up on but, it. But, I mean, let's be honest. There is, there is a small percentage of blind people employed. So mm-hmm. that's less than half of blind people are employed anyway. Um, so additionally... Minimal interaction between the sighted population and their peers who are blind results in a lack of understanding, preventing social progress. For instance, 55% of respondents have not seen a person who is blind in the past year, and only 34% know someone who is blind. So yeah, it's, you know, not, a lot of people don't know anyone who's blind, which is, it's understandable. Yeah. Um, But I think a lot of that is that, you know, blind people aren't, out in society as much as they could be, and that's be. why you know in this society there's a, there's enough of a struggle. But in, in, I mean, someday I'd like to explore this further. But in other countries, it's even worse because they, this society thinks blind people aren't capable, so they think, oh, just just keep them at home. And then if, the more you do that, the more you're not out in the world, the less change there's going to be with that in progress. And that's why. You know, that's why I'm here right now, kind of. I don't know. I'm just trying to live my life, obviously, but I'm also trying to show the world that we're here. So, and I guess that's what marches are for, and that's why we still need stuff like that. And Absolutely. So, this, this study brings up four different um, barriers that they, they relate to this and why people feel uncomfortable. There's discomfort, pity, fear, and stigma. And that's kind of, I thought maybe we could explore those four little things quickly. So yeah, so discomfort, I guess, would be... Two of them, I kind of think, are about the pers- the sighted people themselves, and the other two are the things that are put on us. So th- it's their discomfort. Right, and the th- a lot of the discomfort is that they don't know anyone who's blind or they haven't been around that many people who are blind. But it's it's tough because even, those pe- even the people who do know someone's blind, like my friends, I have... I have sighted friends but I'm really the only blind person they know um, they may have met a couple others but it's still just me so it's a bit different when they're I don't know how they would feel around a, I mean I'm sh- I guess they would probably have a bit of a different perception because they're good friends with yeah. someone who is blind whereas a lot of people don't even have that so mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's just I mean I can be just dis- you know feel discomfort around certain situations or people too it's it's a human thing it's just we got to work at that yeah everyone uh, can together. feel uncomfortable around any we, type of we got to work person, together but. on that one but then uh, something like pity, so pity is yeah, put on nice us one. because they're pitying us and we get the pity which blocks out any any other further progress or you know relatability or understanding and and we don't want pity and that's really what we're doing at the Canadian Federation of the Blind is uh we're just trying to show people that we're just trying to live our lives and we don't need pity we just want to you know live our lives and interact with everybody like anyone else would and but pity is is a big one and nobody likes to feel pitied growing up i learned the difference between uh, sympathy and empathy when i was little all you heard about when people passed away was sympathy here's a sympathy card and then as I got older, I learned, um, you know, talking about the living with blindness and other things, you start learning that empathy is the way to go. But um, pity just feels awful. Yeah, it does. It's like a... Um, so then, yeah, fear and so stigma are the other two. Fear is just go- going back to the, the, the sighted person. It's They feel discomfort and they, they're... 
if some people might want to admit it, they're afraid. Now, I always think it's because they see a blind person and they don't want to have to think about what if they were blind. It's kind of just a reminder of that we're all vulnerable to, to, to losing our sight or, or, you know, getting in an accident and losing a limb. You know, who knows? But you don't really want to, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I guess that's that's a good point. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of be, taking that empathetic sort of point and like putting yourself in that situation, and yeah, you might that might be fearful to you because you know you depend on your sight so much. When really you could, I mean, it's easier maybe said than done, but you could also look at a blind person who's traveling independently and be like, it's it's always like I could never do that if I was yeah. blind. Whereas I- you could take the the view of oh maybe it is possible to to live a life like a full life not being able to see and it is it's great to see someone being independent and doing this it broadens your view of, of things that are what's possible in life and um you know that's got to be good right and then stigma is kind of um more of the society sort of thing o- yeah. built over time and just on all of the, and the pity stats and the everything pity bleed you know sort of sort of bleeds into the stigma of it all and uh like I said, even if people, you know, are mostly accepting and understanding that we just want to live our lives, the stigma is still there and it still prevents more of what I'd like to see. So I just thought we should talk about that study and it ended up talk- taking a lot of the show. Yeah. Um, so we had one more topic, but we are, yeah. we got five minutes or so, so I don't know if you want to move I on I don't know. Or- I talked about it on social media, uh, sort of this is what the show's about today, but this sort of took over. Because um, there are a few more, um, there's a few additional findings that I thought were kind of interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Go through. I don't know. So they say 80% of respondents feel sorry for those who are blind. And that's pity. A sentiment that leads to oh. assumptions that prevent the sighted world from embracing their peers who are blind into society. And like, uh, like I said, with the fear one, I understand that. I myself have fear of um, losing more the rest of my sight, so I can un- I can I really can empathize with sighted people that if that's what's making them think of their own eyesight or something or whatever it is. But well, it's a natural feeling to feel sorry if if you have yeah. something that someone else doesn't um, that you would feel sorry for them because yeah. you know it's such an important thing in your life and you can't you can't imagine it's again it's this difference in situations that Carrie and I have where she could. S- see a bit better never never full sight but you could see enough to color and read large print if you, wa- if you want to be honest I felt I've felt sorry in my life for Brian because he, he never got to see colors but I mean your life's still full and rich and you yeah and the, diff- the, the <laughs> difference is it's not that it doesn't cross your mind but if you've never seen something I used to always compare it as kind of an overused thing in my world but mm-hmm. I always compared it to thinking about it as a friend you've never met it's someone you know. It could be a great person, but you've never met them, so you don't really think about them or miss them. And that's what that's what sight is for me. I've never never seen it, so someone might feel sorry for me. Or oh, you don't have this, but for me, I'm not missing it because I've I've never experienced it. So it's it's sort of a. But that's what's hard about having had some sight is that I do yeah, I do different. I do miss the sight I had. So that holds me back a little more than than your situation. And so sometimes I feel sorry for you. Other times I envy you because. Uh, you don't, like you said, you don't have that, you don't miss miss it like I do. Yeah, it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be easier being born blind in, in a lot of ways than losing sight later on because it's yeah. it's a little bit more of an adjustment adjustment versus something you've always been. Yeah. 
So they say also say 74% of respondents do not think they could be happy if they lost their vision. Yeah, and that's a big one, right? Yeah, and, that, and they're projecting their emotions onto a condition they know little about, yeah. which is a lot of it. And that's, that's the point of this whole show is educate, education because we're not, we're not bringing this stuff up to make people, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tough thing. You don't want people to feel like too bad about themselves like, oh, I'm, I'm s- sorry I've thought this way or done this way because I'm everyone sorry does. I feel sorry. And that's just part of society. Um, so it's more so just educating and being aware that this stuff is whether you might feel that way or not it is it is out there in society and well, we don't we don't we're trying to bridge the gap we don't want to we don't want it to be so us and them right like obviously we have they have something a sense that we don't but that's it still makes you feel like them and us sometimes which is unfortunate but so this uh, this next one's pretty dr- uh, pretty intense um, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how exactly how they conduct these studies and i know what the um censuses and people they ask but they say 46% of respondents cannot think of a condition worse than being blind even compared to terminal illnesses like cancer and alzheimers Ugh. so that's that's pretty intense i mean y- you would think <laughs> i don't know yeah and i think but, you know, alzheimers that must be dreadful but and it's again it's whatever you're going through it's easy to sort of think oh you know i'd rather be this than that because that's what you you are going through so you're u- more used to it, but that just seems that seems a little bit of a, a stretch there to me. But um, and they say eighty two percent of respondents do not think a person who is blind can play sports. Well, eighty one percent thinks someone who is blind is not capable of babysitting. There's a lot of percentages here, mm-hmm. and seventy percent think people who are blind cannot shop for clothes. So some of these are kind of well, there are issues. There's some that, truth to those. There's issues that we deal with. Shopping for clothes is tough. And playing sports, I'm not a huge sports guy. I've thought about trying to get into it. There are, like, obviously goalball, certain sports that are made for the blind. That's made for the blind. And then there are, there there is blind hockey and there are some different ones, which I don't know a ton about. Blind curling, I read about the other day, and blind hockey is a a thing in Canada, yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm fascinated by that. Uh, We've never been very athletic people, but it's it's not out of the question if that's what you really want to do. The babysitting one is, you know, it is tricky. If, if it's a child you're not that familiar with and they don't know you, you know, you can't... You know, I'm, I'm more comfortable with my nieces and nephews, but yet there are times when it could be tricky. Yeah. You know, there are plenty of blind parents out there, so if you can be a parent, you can definitely babysit. But. Well, that's something that a lot of people might not think about. Um, we've met some through the Canadian Federation of the Blind, and then we actually visited some here in London that were parents, bl- both blind parents who uh, raised children. Mm-hmm. Um, some, like... I actually mentioned that to a friend of mine who has a kid, and and he was kind of like, you know, he what he he knows me and he knows how independent I am, but he's still sort of sh- like I don't know what the best word is shocked or at least like that would be really difficult. Like mm-hmm. it's it's tricky when you can see and just not having that extra sense to do it. But again, again, that's just sort of not having the education and realizing that yeah, it might be difficult, but doesn't mean you shouldn't yeah everything can be difficult for anyone and there's always workarounds and everything just takes experience and practice so you have to just well what i was gonna say about the movie bird box is yeah we only got a minute here, yeah so i want to get more into i will that get next into week. that next week but obviously there's this thing where people are watching that movie and they are going out and wearing blindfolds and crossing streets and driving apparently which i don't i don't believe these stories but yeah i, I don't know about the driving and the like, it's like we we don't just walk out across the street without any training on how to do it our parents didn't push us out without any so just don't do that but um that was the point of the show 
originally. So we'll maybe talk about that. Well, I really like that. Week. I really like the article. So I figured we'd mm-hmm. we'd um, we'd cover it that. It was a more, lot of so. conversation for for a lot of people. There was a lot to you know wade through there. So. And I figure we'll get into the bird box challenge and movie next week, which I don't know a ton about the movie yet, so I might you do a little bit of research. It. Maybe I'll try and watch it for next week, so then I'll have a bit more of a, some a better opinion than I would today on this discussion, but that's going to do it for today's episode, All right. and yeah, we'll be back. I should be back next week as well. Yeah, hope so. Yeah, you don't want to do a show again uh, by yourself? Happy Blue Monday, everybody. Alright, yeah, find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB. And find last week's episode and this week's episode up there soon. Have a good week.